This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef's vegan and vegetarian recipes are high in plant proteins and rich in omega-3s. Go to greenchef.com slash 90nomeat. That's greenchef.com slash 90nomeat and use code 90nomeat to get $90 off, including free shipping. This episode is also brought to you by Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers for a personalized action plan. Save 25% when you go to insidetracker.com slash NMA. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Me Athlete Radio. Matt, I think that last week was my first week completely off the podcast. Well, I guess uh, Matt Tolman has done some interviews of late, but um, where you were on it and I wasn't on it in a mm-hmm. long time. Yeah, that has been a long time. Uh, it was nice. Fun to catch up with Robert. And yeah, and it was a hit of a podcast, too. <laughs> was it? Well, we got a lot of, uh, especially with your email around the podcast, we got several uh, people replied saying, thanking you for talking about it. Gotcha. Cool. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, yeah, I've really been enjoying, I've just, I mean, largely with the book coming out, I've been inspired to, uh, do a lot more content and, uh, it's actually been really fun. I've enjoyed it. Like I wrote in the email and said in the episode, uh, I feel like I kind of reached a little different place and I, I can, I can step back and do this content in, you know, less being less in my head, I guess, while I do content and mm-hmm. less worried about what people, how they're going to respond and I don't know. So it's been good. Just trying not to overthink it and uh, take it one week at a time. That's what the, that's what the coaches say, right? <laughs> <laughs> one day at a time. One, one, one week, one day. Well, yeah. It's like an NFL coach. Next, one workout at a time. Yeah. You know, uh, no, that's great. That's, it's, it's been really fun, uh, reading some of your new content that's coming out and all the hype around the book has been great. I know you are, uh, working like crazy to promote it and, uh, it's been, it's been fun to see. I personally, Got to do pair of flip flops yesterday. I'm headed to the lake tomorrow, taking a couple days off. So mm-hmm. I'm getting a little vacation in while you're cramming for the book. <laughs> That's good. Well, I'm actually also going up to the beach this uh, Friday, Saturday, oh. Sunday um, because my kids are in a beach soccer tournament in Virginia Beach. So it's like a sand soccer. What? Which is much That's different. That's fun. Yeah, it is fun. I, I don't really know. I can't imagine what it's going to look like, but it's like a thousand teams in a one mile stretch. What? Of yeah, it's a huge tournament. Whoa! And people come from all over, <clears throat> like South America. South America, <laughs> there are all kinds of South American teams there, uh, and it's just a big, <clears throat> it's a huge, big festival. So that's gonna be fun. Uh, yeah, don't know what to expect at all, but uh, looking forward that to sounds, it. That sounds awesome. Beach soccer makes me think of my time in South America. Oh yeah. Yeah, or you, I guess Central America. Um, well, I mean, so I lived, <clears throat> I lived right next to the beach um, for a while in high school and in Costa Rica for mm-hmm. a semester and um and my I lived in a, a you know a house that like a host family with host family and my younger host brother uh who was well, I don't know maybe 12 or something him and his friends would play on the beach out in front of their house all day every day when they were in school they were playing beach soccer <laughs> and so I did play a lot of beach soccer but at that point I was older and bigger than them but had far fewer skills so i just <laughs> use my weight to kind of knock them around <laughs> that's funny yeah good i had, did not know you had any beach soccer experience would not have pegged you for that <laughs> well i mean i'm not going to be competing in any tournaments i'll tell you that much <laughs> unless they're with the dinner 10 to 12 year olds <laughs> <laughs> good all right well uh i have two quick little fun announcements one i meant to say this last week speaking of soccer actually um i did a podcast with our buddy steven steven who who does the podcast steven runs vegan uh we recorded a pod actually we did one yesterday for the book interview like like the book promotion interview kind of thing um but earlier back in may he and i did one that was about sports he i was just there didn't talk about no meat athlete or veganism at all i mean barely uh, and we just talked about being sports fans and European soccer versus American sports, and they're very, really actually an interesting conversation about how how the the sports uh, the culture around the sports is like the opposite of the the kind of like um, 
political system, I guess, when that, you know, you know, you know, you're, I don't even know if political system is the right word, but, but sort of, uh, United States is much more kind of free market and Europe is much more, I mean, I don't think they're socialist, but you know, many more, <laughs> many more government, uh, programs and things like that and government sure. funding for uh-huh. things. And the yep. sports situation though is way different. The United States has this, has this, uh, very closed system where in the European sports, it's more, you can, the teams will move up and down, uh, mm-hmm. depending on how well they do and nothing is guaranteed. It's just, it's just very interesting that, that we have these opposite things. So anyway, that, was, that, that was all big in the news recently. Yeah, even it, right. it even reached me and like non soccer followers. Yeah, the European Super League thing. Yeah, the Super yeah, League exactly. Thing. So they were, that was trying to make basically an Americanized sports model uh, of of European soccer. It led by American team owners. Right? Yes, right. Yes, which many people thought would ruin it, and may have been right. I don't know, but I've also heard many people who are in favor of it too. So hmm. who knows? But anyway, that that is what it actually, actually like inspired us to say, hey, let's finally get on and do this because we've been talking about doing it for a long time. So anyway. Um, that, if you go to Stephen Runs Vegan Podcast, just Google it. Stephen is uh, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, and uh, it's like the the next to most recent episode is that one. Um, so anyway, check that out, please. And our buddy Sid Garza-Hillman, who we had on very recently, uh, he did, yes, well, no, earlier, last week, he and I recorded with Robert. Robert and I have been on a ton of podcasts already, and, and it's only getting more, um, but we recorded like a, you know, a, a good, a really good, fun plant-based athlete interview, uh, and I think he's kind of the first of this this batch to to get his episode published. Uh, there will be many coming, and I'm not going to talk about all of them on the podcast. But uh, if you want to check that out, it's called it's at Sid. Sorry, it's what Sid thinks, and there's a YouTube version of it. So you can watch us if you feel like it. Uh, just go to YouTube and type in what Sid thinks, or go to wherever you listen to podcasts and look up what Sid thinks. So. Check those out. Support our friends. Both of them have been on this podcast a couple times, and uh, they're they're both good guys and, and people we get along with well. I got the uh, the ding from Sid's podcast yesterday. Popped up on my phone. Oh yeah. Didn't know you were going to be on it. I thought that was great. His little his uh, <laughs> I love his graphic. It's like his bald head, you know, like shining <laughs> shining brightly on him. I think it's a yellow background. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I was excited to see that. So look forward to. Yeah, to listen so I'll pick to it up. Did yep. I tell you? Did I say on this podcast about the uh, the twenty two radio interviews in a row we have to do next Thursday? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. Wow. There are twenty two interviews booked so far, and I think they're adding to it. Uh, so it's like eight a.m. to six p.m. is blocked off for radio interviews. And wow. I don't, I don't have a list yet of the stations or what they are, but it's just a it's just a marathon day of. Is this one of those things where it's like just a couple minutes each kind of thing? Yeah, I think they're. I think a typical radio segment is twenty minutes long. Okay, like on, like on a radio talk show, and then mm-hmm. they'll do ads every twenty minutes. Uh, so I think it's a twenty-minute segment each. Uh, so. Wow, are you going into like a real studio to do this? No, no, just doing it from huh. our homes. Uh, in fact, I think we're probably just calling in with the phones. I think that's how radio seems to still do things that way. Wow. Huh. Yeah. So that should be kind of fun. I don't know. I mean, I just can't imagine what it's going to feel like. I, like, I go, if I have two to three hours of phone calls in a day, by the end of the day, I'm like a terrible person to be with. I just like, I just want to stare at a wall or put on the mm-hmm. office or something. Like I, I can't do anything. It's really strange, actually. Even when I'm like enjoying the, the conversation, it's just somehow the, I think the, having to focus so hard to listen and respond, and especially interview sort of context. So I just can't imagine. I think by lunchtime, maybe we're going to peak and then who knows what's going to happen after that. But, yeah, are you a West yeah. Wing fan? No, I never have watched the West Wing. There is, is it like The Office? <laughs> no, it's not, nothing like The Office. <laughs> no. But <laughs> it's a fantastic show. Is it? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, it's a great, it's classic. Um, and it, there's some good humor in there too, but of course nothing quite like The Office. But there's an episode where uh, where the president, Bartlett, um, does something similar to this, but it's just, it's like a uh, news anchor. So he sits in a room and he does back to back to back to back to back. Uh-huh. Um, uh, like local news segments ah. and they catch him with a hot mic at the end, you know, and they're pre-recording and he says some things about some of the other anchors or something. So you got to be careful. You got to be careful what so. you're doing with yeah. you, you know, three hours into this, you're going to get tired. You're going to get a little sloppy, you know, got to watch that what you say. Could definitely. Yeah. Could I could, I could start thinking I want to know me radio and just start <laughs> yeah. saying things. That I, well, I was like, we'll edit that out later. <laughs> yeah, You can't do that. You can't do that, man. You're right. Yeah. You know, local, well, 
local drive, you know, morning drive radio. I don't even know what you call it. Morning talk morning radio drive. is not going to... They're not going to edit stuff out. No, they're not. You're right. It's, it's going to be it without a net. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, really quickly before we get into the topic of the show, which I'm actually very excited about today, um, I wanted to plug the book. We got a really super special deal going. In fact, probably the best deal that we've had yet. I know we keep having good deals, but that's by design. But this is probably the best. It is if you order. So by the time this episode goes live, it'll be Thursday, June 10th. Is that right, Doug? We're not publishing before that or anything, even though we're that's recording correct. before your yep. vacation. Okay, mm-hmm. so Thursday, June 10th. That's when this deal will begin being valid. Um, but if you order, if you, well, no, you won't get this before then. So never mind. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so if you order between <laughs> June 10th, I was thinking that if you ordered now before then, that'd be fine too. But you, you won't know, hear about you it. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't. Only you would. So anyway, uh, June 10th through the release day. The deadline is going to be at the end of the day on release day, which is Tuesday, June 15th. So if you order anytime between there, you get your choice of a Nomad Athlete flagship product. And these are our big products. These are not the Academy modules, which themselves are big, good products, in my opinion. Uh, these are like the, the ones that take us months and months to make and, you know, are comprehensive, huge systems for doing something. Uh, we've got the Marathon Roadmap, which is, you know, tried and true. My very first product ever, I think, for Nomad Athlete. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it's grown and grown and had all different iterations and we've added different plans and things. And, then, and so it's a big, huge, comprehensive guide to running a marathon on a plant-based diet. Um, and I believe it includes some, some shorter distance stuff as well. Um, uh, so anyway, that's usually $67. It's, it could be yours free. Uh, we've also got the, uh, the Health Made Simple program, which is our meal plan system. Uh, that's also been a very popular Nomad Athlete product. That thing goes, I think usually the 127 is the normal price. And then we've got our, uh, what's this one called? I'm always blank on the name of this one. The vegan. The plant-based strength and muscle, plant-based strength and muscle blueprint. No. Formula. Shoot. Formula. Formula. That's it. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, so that one, you know, the analog of the other things I just said, it's it's a, it's the strength body transformation sort of like big program uh, that, that, you know, we do so much about endurance, but that one we worked with four different bodybuilder types, and it's really all about putting on muscle, uh, changing your body, getting strong, and that one, what does that go for, Doug? $97 typically? 97 yep. Yeah. So anyway. And uh, it's, a, very it's our product. newest of the three, and yes. and so it has some, some cool features that maybe weren't around and uh you know when we created some of the other programs yeah and that is actually the one that i think when i email about this i will feature the most because that to me like plant-based athlete is is about all kinds of athletes for sure i'm talking about the book now um but robert is a my co-author was is a bodybuilder uh i just think i don't know somehow this book to me like exudes vegan strength more than it does vegan endurance um the principles are, are are kind of universal. Like it's not it's not about one or the other. It's really about about both. Um, but I just think I think what's different about this book from my other work is it doesn't just focus on endurance. So that's why I think that, that the um, whatever we just said the name was strength and muscle formula. We need we need better names though than that. <laughs> Roadmap, blueprint, formula. <laughs> uh, Do you know how many hours we spent trying to figure out how to name yeah, that? How to name that problem? Well, because we used up all the other ones. That yeah. Same thing. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, that, that's the one that to me is the closest fit to the, to the plant-based athlete content. So if you've always done the endurance thing and like, this would be your time, especially after this, this quarantine period, which is what we were actually talking about today. If this might be the time to kind of, you know, get strong again, look good again, feel good again, uh, rather than just run further or run faster, then that would be the program that I would I'd do. But anyway, you can check all that out. It's at book.nomadeathlete.com that's where you go then you you know order from any of the bookstores that are linked there and then you can forward your receipt but anyway it's out the book's gonna come out in like five days from the time this episode goes live um so if you want to get in on, in on that very best bonus then uh don't wait check it out book.nomadeathlete.com we're super excited about this book and and all the media around it and the, the, there's been a ton of buzz already so uh, i think this is going to be a big one and i'm super excited absolutely Good. Okay. Well, let's get to our content today. As I alluded to, um, we're talking about fitness today. And Mm -hmm. we, a few months ago, Doug, had an episode that was kind of about both of our attempts at getting back into shape. Because like so many people, I mean, so many people, we didn't 
do that much during the quarantine period. We, I mean, I started off doing some stuff. I think you may have as well. Uh, I started off really strong. Did you? No, then, I think a lot uh, of people did, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and I tanked massively. Yeah, I think when we all thought it was going to be like a one or two month thing, we thought oh, we're going to come out of this one or two months really strong and good. And then uh, three months in, I was I was just eating tons of pasta and eating, I was making fresh pasta twice a day and eating it twice a day and <laughs> just just, just You're not making fresh pasta twice a day. Yes, I did that a couple of times. <laughs> and I, so I was I was not in the basement doing muay thai against the the dummy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was instead making fresh pasta twice a day. Oh, that's funny. So anyway, a lot of people had the same story. Um, and and both of us, you know, we're, we're kind of on a mission to to change that and, and get back in shape. And uh, wanted to kind of do a follow-up here, but also talk about uh, we've each had, had an element that has worked pretty well. Uh, mine, actually, my original plan has stuck, and that's all really going great and good enough that I wanted to talk about what I think is making it work so well. Uh and yours, you've changed gears from what you set out to do, but I think you've you've had success, right? You told me you're running some decent runs, what many times a week, right? Yeah, three three or four times a week. Yeah. So anyway, we just wanted to kind of break those down um, for anyone listening who may be wanting to get back in shape and just kind of kind of not feeling the motivation, or maybe you've tried and it's just not sticking. Uh, or whatever. Just wanted to to hopefully uh, give you some inspiration and, and some practical advice about what what has worked very well this time for us uh given mm-hmm. this you know this pretty unique situation that we've all been in so yeah. and um, some lessons from from some a, a major flaw in my original one that we yes talked about. right right which is good learn from our mistakes <laughs> all right cool um so a bit of background i've talked about the kettlebells a good bit on here um but that for me, like it was in, it was December. It was just before my 40th birthday, which I, I will not pretend was not a big factor in this. I had a milestone birthday, and that uh, certainly motivated me more. Because one of my big things was, I don't feel like I'm in really good shape coming into age 40. I wish I would. I wish I were in better shape right now. And so I, for some reason, the thought in my head, like thinking 10 years down the road, doesn't usually motivate me very much. But I thought it'd be really nice if when I turn 50, I'm like in really really great shape. That would be awesome. And if I feel like I'm turning 40 as far as my body, or even younger than that. So that was a factor. Uh, but anyway, I picked up this book on kettlebells. I think I just saw it on Amazon. The name, it was called Kettlebell Simple and Sinister. Somehow that name resonated with me, and I thought, I could do something that is simple. Uh, didn't know about <laughs> Sinister, but I thought, simple sounds good. I could get a single kettlebell, or however many you need. I didn't know anything about it then. Uh, but I thought, I could see myself just doing kettlebell exercises by myself. And it turned out that uh, that has stuck. I guess now... Yeah, I didn't even realize it. I'm pretty close to six full months of doing it, and I do it pretty much five times per week. Sometimes I do six, sometimes I do four. Uh, that's kind of a cool thing about the program is it's flexible and that you, you do it basically every day, but you take a day off when you feel like you want that. And for whatever reason, that has stuck. I have not really needed to have the, the two-day rule where you don't miss two days in a row. Uh, it just as long as, I have, as long as I'm roughly on track with, with four to six times a week, it's working out. Um, so that's, you know, that, uh, as I said, has, has run now for six months, but that kind of inspired me to do other stuff. Like I started seeing that my body was changing and I was feeling stronger and good and, uh, losing fat. And that made me want to like eat well to support it. So then I got into this warrior diet thing, which I'm still doing. Uh, and that's working really well. I'm loving the, the vegetable juice in the morning, actually at noon, usually so like the intermittent fasting, um, and I'm losing a bunch of fat. I'm actually also losing weight, like overall weight, so I think I'm losing some muscle with it. But I, it's like I can almost see the fat melting off. So that is super inspiring to be doing that, and I'm pumped about how well it's working. Uh, so anyway, so that that is my situation. That's my background. And, and this is all has in the background the sleep tracking and the readiness score with the aura, and all that's even working. As much frustration as that has caused me in the past, <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm, I'm doing a pretty good job with it, and somehow that is... It, I don't know, like my workouts affect my activity scores and that affects your readiness and that, you know, I can track how that how that impacts sleep. So it, somehow it's all ties together and it's all kind of just a wellness thing. And uh, I'm feeling more enthusiastic about all these things than I have in, in many years, really. So uh, that's that's my background. I can get into breaking down why I think it's working so well in a bit. But Doug, why don't you share your uh, what's what's been going on with you this year and then we'll then we'll look at how they have worked and haven't. Yeah. So for me, 
it was not a birthday or anything like that that sparked uh, a desire to finally get my butt into shape. It was the fact that I just felt really, really bad. <laughs> I felt overweight. I felt tired. I felt really out of shape. And um, and it got to a point where I would wake up in the morning and um, and would just be like, I don't, I don't want to feel like this anymore, which is good. I mean, I think that you know it gets to a point where. In, in, well, I mean, you can you get to that point, you can either decide, okay, it's too late, <laughs> or yep. I'm going to do something about it. And so I tried to do something about it. And, and uh, as we talked about in the previous episode around this, um, I set a goal of, of being able to do five pull-ups, which I'd never been able to do in my entire life. Five pull-ups is a simple enough New Year's resolution, New Year's goal. I set it, and um, we both kind of took this philosophy, and we're both, I'd say, independently of each other. We're just drawn to this kind of philosophy of, of not going all in, you know, um, crazy workouts every day, you know, but having this really minimal approach to our fitness, but just something that would we could do every day that would get us back into it. And for a while, I was doing quite a bit of um, mostly body weight, you know, but some lots of exercises that were geared towards uh, building strength in my in my back and my shoulders and, and my arms and being able to do the pull-ups. Um, but what I found after a while, and I, and I did do this, I was pretty loyal to it for a couple months, um, but then I just kind of dropped off and it, it stopped. Mm-hmm. But around that same time, um, I started running again. And, and not just like once a week behind a stroller, once or twice a week behind a stroller, but going out on, on real runs by myself, uh, you know, 60, 90 minutes long, um, and then also getting back in with a group of, of guys that I was running with a couple times a week pre-pandemic, um, getting back, and we're, we're back out doing that a couple times a week, and uh, and things are just really starting to shift, and, and it's it's interesting. We went I went on my first run with, uh, with one of those guys two weeks after I'd been vaccinated, and mm-hmm. it was kind of like a big celebration thing. He had been vaccinated a little bit before I had. So we celebrated by going on a run together and I felt so out of shape. And, mm. um, but we have been running a couple times a week since, and, uh, it has been incredible how much better I feel on those doing, you know, a similar route or a same route. But I mean, just the, the physical and the mental progression over just a couple months has been, um, has been really inspiring and, and incredible. And are you, uh, you don't have any race goal or anything in mind right now, right? Yeah, so that's been kind of an interesting thing is this is maybe the first time in a long time I haven't had any sort of race at all on the horizon. Uh, you know, we might be doing some, having a cool announcement uh, soon for an Nomad athlete that, you know, that is a potential race I'd run this fall or something. But that's that's way out and um, and not, not on the schedule yet. I haven't had a race. I haven't had, you know, I'd, earlier in the year or last year, early right after the pandemic, started i did um you know this every single streets project and i was running a lot for that and you know i had that like goal um but i have nothing i have nothing no no goal no time you know nothing Mm -hmm. (laughs) except for just wanting to run and enjoy myself and run with these guys and get myself back in shape and then what are you uh like 60 90 minutes are you running hard for that amount of time or is it just like a relaxed beer run kind of deal yeah so this has been actually kind of interesting and um I'm drawn more towards, I wouldn't say it's a beer run, relaxed beer run, but it's not uh, all out for the most part either. It's been kind of this uh, conversational pace, um, having a good time, but, you know, we're doing some, you know, we're doing six miles on trail with some good climbs in there. You know, it's not an easy route at mm-hmm. all, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so so pushing myself a little bit here and there, um, but not, you know, really trying to hammer workouts and speed you know, speed trials and things like that. Right. Uh, it's very much um, just trying to get out and have some fun. At the same time, I have on my independently on my own been motivated to try to get in a couple of uh, tougher runs, mm-hmm. uh, mostly mountain runs, um, just because I was trying to get them in and, and wanted to, you know, hit a summit or something like that and didn't have a lot of time to do it. But yeah. it, it, has, it has sparked some interesting <clears throat> conversation around with this group around uh, – what our goals should be with when, without a big goal, you know, what are our goals as a group for, uh, for these types of runs? Because all of us have kids. We're all limited in the amount of time that we can, um, 
you know, we can run and, and the amount of avail- availability we have. So is it better to try to maximize what you can get out of a workout, uh, especially since we're all kind of just now getting back into a regular running routine? Is it better to maximize what we can get out of every single workout or is it better to kind of ease in and, um, and enjoy ourselves, uh, you know, not really have any sort of set workout in mind, um, you know, but just kind of celebrate the fact that we're together. And I think that, I think that both can be good, right? I mean, it's, it can be, you know, if, if you're trying to speed up your fitness level, if you're trying to, um, kind of get back to where you were before you lost a lot of fitness, then, um, you know, having a a bit more of a routine where you're trying to push yourself a bit more of a, a plan for maximizing your, your workout efforts is not a bad thing. But at the same time, I finding myself drawn more towards the, you know, just out, go out, have a good time, make sure that we're staying consistent and actually getting out there. But, um, I'm less motivated to, you know, crush a climb kind of thing and, and, mm-hmm. and have any sort of, uh, conversation around pace and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is yet another form of the question of whether like small steps, things that don't drain your willpower, uh, are better than things that are uh, very willpower draining, but are going to give you faster results. And, you know, will those, will those fast results come fast enough and will they be exciting enough to keep you going, even though it's hard, uh, compared to this, the smaller steps, more laid back, not not draining of the willpower in fact sometimes enjoyable uh that approach that that has seemingly has built-in advantages that like you're going to be sticking with that for longer likely but that that's the question there's no right answer people like it different ways and i think it depends on just where you are in your life and what what's going on Mm -hmm. um but for me that has been one of the keys i think about this program of mine that has worked so well this time is that the workouts are always short it's never meant to take more than 30 minutes sometimes if i'm slow on a certain day uh it might take 40 minutes and like it's there's it's very um it's structured what you're supposed to do it's each day is is 100 kettlebell swings 50 each arm and uh and 10 get-ups five each side but the get-ups take 30 seconds each or so so you know the workout in itself takes if you were just to kind of crush through it you could do it in 15 minutes but you're supposed to wait between each set because the 100 swings are uh sets of 10 so you wait between each set until you are back able to have a conversation again before you do the next set and some days i'll just be Aren't what? cuttable swings? Don't you use both arms? You can, and I do that every third day or so. We use it. we'll do two arm swings. Okay, but you can uh, do it, it with just one arm too. Yeah, so one arm is a little bit harder, but like so much of the force is generated by your back and your hips, not your, uh, I guess your low back, but your hips and your and your legs. So swinging two, or, sorry, swinging one arm is not uh, not twice as hard as swinging two arms. It's more oh. just a strain on your grip. Um, but that's sort of neurologically even tiring to the grip, apparently, which I didn't know before this. Um, so when you when you take that break each third day and do a two arm day, uh, it's much easier to hold on to it, and it just <laughs> somehow feels a lot easier. So, um, but anyway, so you, so you wait till you're back to conversational pace, or sorry, until you're back to uh, able to have a conversation before you do the next set, so that you know you're kind of fully recovered. Uh, except once I'm about to hit this new phase in the program where you will I'll begin doing like timed challenges and actually try to try to get all the the kettlebell swings done in 5 minutes uh you know more complicated stuff but anyway but right now it's not supposed to take more than half hour or so and like I said it's sort of flexible in terms of what days you can do it I don't have any certain time of day that I have to do it um and that has been actually really good like that's been different from most other types of working out i've done like there's just enough structure where like you're supposed to do it this many days per week you're not supposed to miss uh you're also not supposed to do extra stuff but like i don't know it's just it's not it's not uh it's never it's never stressful it's always enjoyable it, like it's supposed to be just difficult enough that it that it kind of recharges you rather than wears you out so mm-hmm. i can do it and then i i mean it's a hard workout it's not like it's easy but I do always feel an hour later like I'm energetic and good. It's not like it just totally wears me out because it's the same thing every day. It's not like it's a workout that you just kill yourself and then you know you don't work out again for another week and let yourself recover. You don't have time for that. You you're gonna do it again the next day, so it can never like totally wear you out. Right. Um, and so that's been great. And I I will say that like it took me a while I think for the results to be noticeable in me. I I was gaining strength from the beginning, but I couldn't really see any results in how my body was looked or felt 
uh, I don't know, until two or three months in did I start to notice things. And that that's a perfect example of what we always talk about. Like in this, these things where you are starting off slower and it's going to be more enjoyable at first and feel more relaxed, you don't get the results you do from what you just described. If you, you go out hard every day and you're sticking to a really hard program, uh, you don't see the results right away, but you instead are building, hopefully, these invisible results in your head in the form of a habit loop, and you're starting to, you know, just kind of get into the habit of doing this thing. So that has happened. That's been really good. Uh, I'm at the, about the six-month mark now, and this reminded me of, I sent an email out a long time ago with Nomad Athlete, kind of analyzing why a similar return to fitness for me had worked, and that one was entirely different. That was actually me. I was going to the gym with my wife. We would drive each morning to the gym, to the YMCA, five days a week, and we'd stay there for like an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. It was like a really intense thing, uh, and it was hard. It was never an easy day, but it just moved the muscle groups around so that you had enough rest for each one. You know, it would always rest, whatever, three, four, five days before you'd hit a muscle group again. Um, but that that did eventually fizzle out, and I think it was around six months that that stopped working in fact mm. it may it may have been more like four months that that lasted uh and and thinking back on it i'm not surprised because not to say that this is the one i'm doing now is right and it's going to last forever because i just don't know but i remember that one like i remember two three months in like it was working and i was doing it but it was still every day was i was like oh my god i gotta do that again <laughs> it, was, it was never like well this is just what i do and this is how i it, it's just it never got that way but i i saw results quickly but somehow it didn't it didn't keep me motivated the way that this has managed to do. Um, and so I guess I can, I can move on to what I think is a tied in topic here. And then if you have anything else Doug, to add to this, we can, but what's really cool about this program, what has motivated me a whole lot is that while there is not any kind of, sorry, I mean, there is structure, but while it is not um, rigid, you can, you can do things differently, how you feel like you, you just have to get these reps in each day and you can do it whatever you want. You can do it whatever pace you kind of want. There is a goal in here, which is really cool. I've never, um, with any like weightlifting program, I've never really thought about goals. It has always been the goal is get yourself back in shape or get yourself in shape or just, you know, bench as much as you can. Uh, and I think what I'm realizing now, like why that is fl- or has been flawed for me in the past is that after four or five months, you've achieved the goal, like you're back in shape and maybe you don't look like the, like the fittest guy in the gym, but I, that's also never the goal. Like that's never been my thing. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to be the fittest guy in the gym. Like that was never it. It was mm-hmm. more just like go to get strong and be healthy and be in shape. And you achieve that goal after, you know, four or six months or whatever. And then I think that's when the motivation always for me tends to wear off because now I'm, now I've done it. And like, like, yes, obviously logically speaking, you need to keep that up in order to maintain that goal, still have it. But, uh, it's never. I've never cared about the weights. I've never thought like, well, when I get to this amount of weight, then I'm. That's my success point. Well, this this kettlebell book, this simple and sinister book, um, regardless of your body type or your not your type, your body weight, regardless of body weight, um, he only differentiates based on gender. Like he says, here's the here's the weight goal you are going for, and he says like, there's no there's no weight classes in in a street fight. So I'm not going to say that someone who's lighter should try to get to a less amount of weight. It's you try to get to the point where you are mastering the exercise routine that I just described, where you have mastered that with a a 70-pound kettlebell. And that's for men. I don't know what the women's number is. Um, But that, to me, has, like, really been exciting because I'm sort of a smaller guy, and I would always assume that the appropriate goal for me would be somewhat smaller than the average or lighter weight than the average goal since I would be lighter weight person than average. But... It's not, and so somehow that for me was really exciting. I was like, "Wow, I, like I can I can have the same goal as everyone else." It means I'm gonna have to work a little bit harder to get to it since I'm smaller. Uh, and so for the the past six months that I've been doing this, like many many times during that, I'd say once a month, maybe even more, uh, I will kind of calculate in my head at the current rate that I'm progressing because that, that's also a sort of a fixed thing. You you progress at a certain very slow rate, where like every two weeks you do another you know, 10% or 20% of your, of your sets at this higher weight. So it's very slow. It takes, takes you two, two, two and a half months to change to a, to a eight pound heavier kettlebell. Um, but I'll calculate how far I am from this 70 pound goal. Cause that's like, and that's not the end goal, but that's, he says, that's one of the spots in the program, uh, 
where you know you know you've sort of achieved something and that's that's what most people can achieve beyond that is is not guaranteed but but it's sort of it's there if you want it uh so it's been really exciting for me to go after this goal that is like for everyone knowing that i am smaller than that and i'm gonna have to work harder than a typical person but i can actually get to this level uh and, and thinking about how strong i will be for having achieved that so having some kind of like actual goal related to weightlifting uh has has been i'd say really important for me and that has helped with uh you know this sort of this slower pace these slower early results in the very early days i think sort of having that vision in my head really made a difference in in how easy it was to stick to this i love that i love i love both having the goal but then also having it I mean, I guess it is a hard goal, but it's not necessarily, you know, um, win a, 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 a bodybuilding competition. Right. Or, it's follow these steps and you will get the goal. Right. It's uh-huh. like, it's, yeah. it's, it's very much assured if you can just do this and not get injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. So I have some thoughts on um, kind of rolling back a little bit of what you said and, and why you think this is working so well for you and why. My pull-up challenge didn't work for me. Uh, but first, let's take a second to thank our sponsors. And Matt, I got to okay. say, you did a fantastic job last week um, <laughs> jumping right in and remembering yeah. to do that with Robert. I was really right. impressed. Yeah, I thought you would be. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Green Chef is the first USDA-certified organic meal kit company. Enjoy clean ingredients you can trust, seasonally sourced for peak freshness. Go to greenchef.com slash 90nomeat and use code 90nomeat, that's 90nomeat, to get $90 off, including free shipping. Here's how it works. When your food box arrives, you'll have all the pre-measured, perfectly portioned ingredients all prepped and ready to go. The recipes are quick and easy with step-by-step instructions that take out any guesswork. Green Chef is the most sustainable meal kit offsetting 100% of its direct carbon emissions and plastic packaging in every box so you can feel great about what you're eating and how it got to your table. With Green Chef, it's easy to eat well and discover new recipes every week that you'll love to cook. Green Chef's expert chefs design flavorful recipes for your lifestyle that go way beyond ordinary substitutions. Which uh, I think that both of us really appreciated that, that the vegan meal kits were not uh, just like kind of thrown together vegetables, but really some incredible recipes they were and they were recipes they were things that i had never made myself they weren't just like another another pasta dish that i often make it's, yeah it's very right, different right. uh different cultures and things of food and i really enjoyed that let green chef do the meal planning grocery shopping and most of the prep for you week after week which is so crucial if you're busy in the weekday nights uh like we are it was so helpful to like realize while we were at soccer practice when we were thinking oh my gosh we didn't do dinner what are we going to do and you know what kind of refried bean mess are we going to put on tortillas and pretend is dinner mm-hmm. uh and then we remember we had a green chef kid at home and breathe a big <laughs> sigh of relief <laughs> Go to greenchef.com slash 90nomeat and use code 90nomeat, 90nomeat, to get $90 off, including free shipping. And a sigh of relief. Yes. Every day there is a wellness trend. Eat that, do this, avoid those. How do you know where to start? Who to trust? Inside Tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood, DNA, fitness, and lifestyle trackers. To provide you with a personalized, science-backed, trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is simpler. It's cheaper. It's more convenient than traditional blood tests. Your blood tests include biomarkers that are key to performance that you don't get from traditional blood tests like ferritin or vitamin D. My favorite part, they give you not just the data, but they also provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips to put it into action. Matt, I, I can't remember if we if I mentioned this in the last Inside Tracker ad we did or not, but I got my b- results back and I have some some bad news. <laughs> I think I know what it is because we mentioned this last time. Oh, I did mention it. Okay. But All tell right. everyone, tell the nice people who weren't listening. Well, I know that you actually celebrated your 40th birthday last year. Um, I didn't. I still got another five years before I do oh, that. Oh, I didn't hear this part. Oh, no. Is this your biological age? My inner age. Oh, no. Forty point eight. I'm forty years old. Oh my god! I know it's it's terrifying. You gotta we gotta fix that. I got some work to do. I got some real work to do. But you know what? Inside Tracker gave me a plan on how to do that, which I I really appreciated. Yeah. You know, I just gotta do it. But I'm motivated. I don't want to be forty. I'm thirty five. Come on. Yeah, forty sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
For a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering NMA Radio listeners 25% off their entire store. Go to insidetracker.com slash NMA. That's insidetracker.com slash NMA. Changes inside job. Start inside. All right, Doug. Back to Back the to response. the episode. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So you talked about how one of the things that you really liked was uh, that there was not a ton of structure to your to your kettlebell routine that uh, you know you could do it anytime you wanted to you could do it at whatever pace you wanted to it wasn't timed uh, but it did give you you know this is what you have to do right it was like yep you do these two things exactly kettlebell this, swings and nothing else you're not supposed to do anything more than that mm-hmm. you're specifically told not to do more than that just do that so I think that that was my problem with my pull up idea so i you know i had this whole thing uh, you know I was, I was also trying to just like do it whenever i wanted to when i had 20 minutes i would try to do some exercises um and at first that was like that was great but i two th- i found two things one uh, without any sort of real plan I was, I was really just making it up I, I like googled and did a little research on um you know strength exercises to increase to do pull-ups <laughs> and uh and so i just started focusing on those exercises and i got bored with them after a while which i know that you're doing the same things that, that you're doing that you know every day as well but you're at least progressing in the types of weights that you're doing and yeah. and, and that yeah. kind of thing so I, I started first problem was i got a little bit bored but the second problem was that because i was just kind of making it up and there wasn't like do this don't do that it it got to where i was like okay well maybe i should try doing this instead or or, you know, I'm only doing this for 10 minutes. I'm not really feeling anything. Like, is it even worth it anymore? Um, and so without without any structure, mm-hmm. I failed. And uh, and I just I just lost all motivation. So what I think you need, what I'm, what I'm discovering that you need, I, I like this minimalist approach to going back. I like this uh, idea, this whole concept of, of being kind of having this flexible plan or at least this, uh, this plan that you can bring in, incorporate into your life, your lifestyle in, in a bunch of different ways. I love that. What I think you really need, though, is some little bit of structure to it. Something that um, says you're going to do this on this day and this on that day. And, uh, and, and that will help keep you motivated. Yeah, I think that's uh, a very good point. So we, we, when we talked about this before, earlier this year, I think I gave the example of like, how easy it is, like, if you've gone six months or a year without doing any kind of exercise, that you think, if I, if you do, like, say, five push-ups, most people could do five push-ups without too much difficulty, not everybody, and well, whatever, if you can't, who cares, it's fine, but that, whatever the amount is, that is like, nothing to you, if you just did that every day, and it's easy, you get a year into not working out, and say, man, if I had just done that little bit that felt like nothing to me, if I had just done that, and maybe tried to increase over the course of many months, uh, but very gradual increase, I'd be in such a different place now, and it would have taken such minimal effort over the course of the past year. Um, I think what's kind of too good to be true about that idea is exactly what you just said. That mm-hmm. that if you're just doing the this something that's pretty easy and and you have some plan vague plan to gradually increase it like let's say you were going to do 10 push-ups in the morning and not even 10 before bed just 10 push-ups in the morning first of all that'll get really boring and then you'll start wanting to do more but if you don't have some plan for doing more and something that says yes this is the right amount of more and i achieved it today and or and then like you know is there an off day in there and is it okay to have an off day in there I think I think you're right. Like that's what's kind of missing, and that's why nobody actually does that. There's almost nobody mm. who really makes that sort of thing work. And, and what we said is, what'll happen is, what often happens is, you get you start getting into fitness, and then you go way beyond that, and then eventually you burn out or you get tired of it, or whatever, and then you stop completely. But I think what you're saying is right. Uh, if you're if you're not trying to like get yourself to be totally into fitness, you just want to have something to stay in shape. I think you I think you're right that you still need some kind of structured thing. Uh, that's going to describe how you increase. And I think, honestly, that's important. I think I think how you increase is important because, like you just said, if it's just the exact same thing every day, if it was just do three pull-ups a day or, you know, three sets of three pull-ups, whatever, whatever it is you're doing, that will get very boring very soon because you'll it'll get easy and then it'll be like, what's the point? So I think you need you need progress and then you need some 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 bit of structure for how that progress is to go. And like you said, 
in my program that that progress is very structured like there's there's flexibility in which days you do the workouts because mm-hmm. you just do a certain number per week or so and it doesn't even have to be exactly that amount but you are increasing at a, at a very fixed exact rate and uh and somehow that's been that's been really helpful yeah i yeah i think you're exactly right and and the same could be said about what i'm trying to do with with running is is uh you know i know that when i go out i'm i'm not just going to go out for 15 minutes or 20 minutes i'm not i'm not counting that as like a, a run at the moment um where mm-hmm. you know sometimes i would have done that in the past for a streak purposes or just you know whatever um but you know so i know i'm kind of going out for a set amount of time and i know i'm going out on these days cuz i already have you know every Wednesday and Friday, I'm meeting up with the guys. I know I'm going to do that. I'm also going to run once on the weekend, and I'm probably going to try to get out on Monday as well. Um, you know, so I have like a little bit of a structure, but there's not a ton of structure. I don't have workouts, I don't have long runs planned, I don't have all this stuff. But um, you know, it's at least a little bit of a structure that is keeping me accountable and keeping me motivated. Yeah, and then and then uh, I guess the important thing. Well, as I'm saying this, I'm wondering myself if it's true. I think it is true. <laughs> like, uh, like you, you were talking about this being enjoyable, and you've got structure to it. But will you? Will is progress built into it? Mm-hmm. And I guess with running, it is in some way automatically because you. It's not like weights where you are doing the same amount of weight unless you deliberately increase it. With running, you you actually will start running faster. And I've done this before with when I've been in like a trail running phase. Actually, in one that sounds like what you're doing, we're like. You're going pretty hard, and you're pushing each other a little bit. I shouldn't say pretty hard. You're pushing each other sometimes, and you're trying to keep up. And there's this natural tendency to, like, you know, do it as fast as you can comfortably still. Uh, and that pace will get faster over time as as you and the group get stronger. Mm-hmm. So that progress kind of will be built in, and you will see yourself doing it faster or whatever. And so I think I think that'll make sense. I was beginning to wonder, like, you know, maybe if you've got a really strong kind of social piece to it, and you're getting a lot more out of it than just the workout gains. Uh, then perhaps the progress isn't quite so important because it's also a really nice social activity. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know for sure. Yeah. I mean, there, like the social piece is definitely important, but it's not necessarily like a, I mean, we've all been to group runs where you're, I mean, you're just crawling along, right? I mean, you're, mm-hmm. you're just, you're, it's totally social. You're there to have fun. You're going to get a couple miles in, but, uh, the pace is just, uh, you know, very slow. This is not necessarily that. So we're pushing each other enough to where um, already I'm seeing that, you know, I can get up, you know, there's a sustained, I don't know, maybe 800-foot climb. Um, you know, I'm already I'm already noticing I can, I'm, I'm shaving off time. I can get up there a little bit easier, um, mm-hmm. you know, dur- during those runs. And during those climbs, th- this type of group, uh, you know, we're hanging out a lot, but also on, on a longer climb, it's going to take 8, 10 minutes to get up. We're also spreading out. You know, we might all start together, but people go at different paces and, and, and that kind of thing. So that means you're all kind of pushing and trying to get up there as relatively fast as you can without killing yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have a, I have a pull-ups idea, suggestion for you. Because, By all means. I mean, I don't, I don't really care if you get back into pull-ups, but, but it motivates I do. You. I don't, I don't right. want to have to have that podcast at the end of the year when I have to tell people I still can't do five pull-ups. Come right. on. So I don't know if, did you say that at the beginning of this episode that five was your, was your I think goal I did. You yeah, do? I okay. think so. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this, this may, you may have to adjust this, but so I, my confession to make here is that I've actually been adding to my program just a little bit. I've been, I've been fooling uh, around with trying some different things and I think nice. it's a mistake. I know. I think it's bad. <laughs> so he says in this thing that once you achieve this, the, what he calls the simple goal, which is, which is the 70 pound kettlebell, um, you know, doing it, the amount of reps that I said, then you kind of begin working on the timed one where you try to do it in a certain time amount. Uh, and you're also at that point expanding your, on your non-timed days, you're, you're doing more and more weight. He says that once you get beyond that 70 pound point, that's when, first of all, a lot of the real magic happens when you start seeing really great results, but it's also when you'll start to hit plateaus and you may not ever get to the sinister goals. Uh, cause it's not for everyone. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort, but he says, if you're going for it and you find yourself plateauing, like you may want to try some of these other things. And he gives these ideas for other things you can do. You can take a little break from this routine and kind of work on some other exercises and build a solid foundation in, in other places. But anyway, so one of them he says you can do is these shoulder presses alternated with uh, pull-ups. So on a few days, 
and I shouldn't do this yet. I really should wait till I have dominated the 70 pound weight, but I've started just a little bit fooling around with the pull up bar. And because what he suggests is this, this progression called a ladder, which I, when I read it, I thought that is such a good thing because in the past, whenever I've tried to do pull ups, I have very similar issue to what you're describing. I'll get on there and you know, I, I could do, depending on my strength at the time, four, maybe six, maybe seven pull-ups and I'll do them, but then I'll be exhausted and, and I will like get on for another set. And then I, you know, can't do three that time. And then there's very little training that actually happens because the nature of pull-ups for whatever reason is it's like, you can only do a, a pretty small number of them and then you're pretty tired. Same problem happens when I try to go swimming, by the way, if I ever try to swim laps, I'll do mm-hmm. one like set of four laps in the pool and then I'll just be gasping for air because my form is terrible and my breathing is bad. And then I like, I, then I spent myself and I can't do anymore. I mean, I, I can do another couple, but like each time is harder and I just never can like get a swimming workout in because I don't, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what the structure is. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so he, he says, do this ladder and he does, he says it with shoulder presses and you would alternate these with, with the pull-ups, but you do, you do just one and I'll, I'll talk about uh, the pull-ups. So you would do just one pull-up take a short rest, like I think a few seconds. Then you do pull two pull-ups. Then you do short rest. Then you do three pull-ups. Then that's that's the first, uh, sorry, you, then you've now done three rungs of a ladder. Right? Mm-hmm. One rep, two reps, three reps. Uh, not not one at a time, but you do one, then you do yep. two, then you do three. Okay, because when I read this, it took me a few times to get. So you do that. Then you take a longer rest. Now it's actually like a, the end of a set, and you take a, whatever it takes to recover. Mm-hmm. Then you do that same ladder again. Then you rest again. And then you do that same ladder again. One rung, two rung, three rung. One rep, two reps, three reps. Okay? So then, so that's like all you do for the first week or two weeks or whatever. And then when you're comfortable, you add a fourth ladder. Not a fourth rung, which is a fourth, another set of one, two, and three reps. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And then when you're able, you do a fifth one. And once you've got five in there, once you're doing once you're doing five of these sets, each of them having six total reps in it, one rep, two reps, and three reps, then you add a fourth rung on the ladder. So now you go back in the beginning of the set and you go up to four instead of just up to three. Right? Yep. And then but you at would, five you're doing you're doing basically thirty pull ups during that. Yeah. Workout, right. right. But that's yeah. but that's why you wouldn't get up to five until it's been several weeks of Mm-hmm. doing the fours of the ladders and right. so anyway the, the specifics i'm not even totally clear on myself because i haven't gotten that advanced in it yet um but what i really like about it is just that it's like it actually puts some structure on an exercise where you might only be able to do a small number of them three four five six seven and then you're spent uh mm-hmm. when you start with ones and you and then you add it and then you do two reps and then you do three reps somehow keeping it small to me like that's very different from just very first set maxing out and and you know mm-hmm. doing as right. many pull-ups as I can and then being too tired to really do much more after that. Yeah. Uh so I really like it. I haven't done I haven't done much yet with it cuz I'm not really supposed to and I'm, but I think I will be. Uh but I thought that was really cool. I liked having that that idea of of some structure on there. I like it too. That's great. I don't think yeah. I could I mean I know I couldn't do uh three sets of 3 yet which is what you said the starting point was. Sorry. Yeah, and so and when he describes this in detail, he's talking about shoulder press. So in that case, you actually would have control over a weight. I guess in oh, the okay. gym, you could use an assisted pull-up machine if, if that mm-hmm. was too small. Um, he There may have been some workaround for pull-ups. I forget what it was. But anyway. Um, yeah, so I I mean, maybe you could do it with twos. I don't know. Maybe you could do five five ladders of, of two rungs mm-hmm. and, then, and then, you know, begin gradually getting three rungs for as many sets as you're able and then go down to the two rungs for the remaining yeah. ladders. I don't know. Just just some some kind of track. I like it. Track. Yeah. Okay. Great. There you go. Now you got Thanks, man. <laughs> now I got welcome. now I'm good. <laughs> uh good. That's all and the final the final thing I have for me is that as far as like why this has worked, is that it's completely different from anything I've done before. Like that's mm. that's probably the most important factor. Um, maybe I shouldn't say that. These other things I've said are pretty important. Uh, I never thought of myself as a kettlebell person. It just seemed like, I don't know. It seemed Russian. Not that I have a problem with Russians, but it just seemed too Russian for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I grew up in the Cold War time. It just seemed like 
Russian stuff seems kind of scary and hard and crazy and Rocky Four or whatever. Yeah, uh, okay. So it, it just seemed like a lot of that. And it seemed hardcore. It seemed like I was going to hurt myself. It just it seemed like it would be painful uh, to imagine lifting a kettlebell. It just seemed like they must all be really heavy. Um, I don't know. It just, I just never thought I would do this. And then I started it, and, and I think that very thing about it is what has made it motivating. Like it's like this cool thing. It's easier than I thought. It's 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 not as strange as I thought. It's just really fun to do, and I, sh- I shouldn't say fun. It feels good to do it. Um, but it's very different. Like and and I think I've said this on this podcast that like there is a ve- especially the first time as I was doing it, and every time I increase the weight, there's a very real fear that in the get up I'm going to drop it on my head, uh, because you could if your arm just gave out or if your if your hand slips that's kind of holding you up on the your hand that's on the ground as you're trying to get yourself off the ground and to a standing up position with a kettlebell raised over your head. Like if you slip, it's bad. Like you could, you're not supposed to have any animals in the area. You're supposed to be in a place where you could drop a kettlebell without problem, which is, I don't do that. I mean, I can't, there's nowhere I can go. That would be no problem if I dropped a kettlebell, uh, unless I was outside. Right. But I'm not going to be the guy outside training (laughs) outside my apartment. Uh, (laughs) Next to the pool. Yeah. But I mean, you, you should be because you really should be able to drop this thing if you need to, uh, and and you know steer it away from your face. But of, and of course I still would do that. There's just there would be damage to my house or my my kids or whoever <laughs> walking nearby. Uh, but anyway, the point is, it requires a whole lot of focus for me, and uh, and that seems like effort and seems like work, but it's it's actually fun. I, I've never done any real rock climbing, but I have done a little bit of climbing wall situation just like for fun in college or if I happen to be at a place where you can they have a climbing wall uh mm-hmm. and i i get that exact same feeling there it's like it's this even though that's a safe environment you're not going to hurt yourself probably falling off of a climbing wall because there's all the supports and it's whatever it's called uh <laughs> what's it called Ropes. the rope thing yeah <laughs> harnesses <laughs> i thought there was like a name for like the person who belay like, is that it yeah i don't know mm-hmm. but anyway but it, but your body doesn't know that at least at first and it feels like a very real thing where you have to be focused or it's a disaster if you're not uh and i get that every single day with kettlebells i get that feeling and i haven't had any accidents haven't really had any close calls uh but it just but you would if you weren't focused and that's what that's what i really like about it it gets me into that zone a little bit uh and that's very different from pretty much anything else i've ever done before very different from running i never had that feeling uh running has its own cool challenges different from other forms of weightlifting because it's just i don't know the other forms of weightlifting to me, they've never been quite so focused on form as this is. Uh, so that, the point is, completely different from what you're used to is, I think, a really good way to get back into shape. Because I think if you are not doing regular exercise, but you have in the past, then probably a huge reason is because whatever re- whatever you've done before stopped serving you. And, and you got bored with it, or you you know grew into a new phase of your life, and for whatever reason, that does not fit you anymore. So you really should consider something that is entirely new. And it seems hard because there's a learning curve and, you know, it just, you have to get over a hump to get into something new. Uh, but I think that's been a really, really crucial part of, of why this has worked so well. I love it. I think it's cool. Cool. Good. Anything else to add? I don't the running so. world? Okay. Good. Well, then let's wrap it up there. Hopefully this has helped some people, uh, you know, either get inspired or, or get some practical tips. Uh, for getting back into shape after what for us was a pretty long layoff and I bet for many others uh, it was too. Uh, Final reminder here, this is the last podcast episode that will go live before my new book, The Plant-Based Athlete, comes out. I co-wrote it with Robert Cheek. It is meant to be a manual for all things plant-based fitness, for how to be a plant-based athlete. Uh, We interviewed 60 different athletes at the top of their sports, uh, got their tips, distilled them down, put their days in the life, put their recipes in, you know, it's just a it's just a huge comprehensive book uh, about you know what is the state of the art in plant based fitness. Uh, not any one person's story, not my story, not Robert's story, but all of these people's story, all these people's approaches, and uh, it's it's meant for all kinds of athletes. Not certainly not elites. I mean, if if you were elite, certainly you could benefit. But the point of this is for for people like you, me, people just regular recreational athletes, people who want to be in better shape, uh, or run a faster time, lift more weight, whatever. Uh, but anyway, it comes out June 15th. If you can pre-order it, that would be awesome. If you want to wait till June 15th when it's actually out and you'll get it, that's awesome too. 
in either of those cases, as long as you do it by the end of the day on June 15th, you'll get a free Nomad Athlete flagship program of your choice, which we talked about earlier. Uh, you know, they're either $67 or $97 or $127, their normal prices, and you'll be able to pick one for free so that you can use the nutrition tips from the plant-based athlete along with one of these training programs uh, and, and, you know, get back into shape and conquer some sort of big goal. Book.nomadathlete.com is where you can get all that info. You can also just get it anywhere books are sold and then forward us your receipt, and uh, we'll give you that that good good bonus. Excellent. Can't right. wait to get my hands on a physical copy of it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Next week is going to be uh, a crazy one, and Doug, you will have a physical copy sent to you shortly Ooh. as soon as Esther gets back from vacation, and uh, I hope you like it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Okay.